Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. studying and I was praying and I asked God to give me a word for not only my own life, but also a word that I could share with my spiritual family, which I'm a part of, which the body of Christ, which he connected me to and the church where he planted me and told me to serve. I asked God to give me a word for you guys as well as me. And I believe he did that. I'm really excited about the word this morning. You know, God really uh, gave me an awesome word. Um, The title is Choosing to Live Grateful. The title is Choosing to Live Grateful. Because after this is over with, you are going to know living grateful is a choice. Being grateful is a choice. Having an attitude of gratitude, as they say, it's a choice. You don't just fall into it. It doesn't just happen. It's not something that's bestowed upon you in an awesome worship service, but it's a choice. It's a choice to be grateful. So the title is Choosing to Live Grateful. And starting in verse 6, in this letter to the church of Colossians, Paul says this. He says, Therefore, Christians, therefore, saints, therefore, brothers, as you have received Christ, has anyone received Christ this morning? Has anyone received Christ this morning? And so the pastor Paul, the apostle Paul, the preacher, he says, therefore, if you've received Jesus, if you've received him as Lord and Savior, if he has impacted your life, as he has become a reality in your life, we'll walk in him. We'll walk in him. Don't only just receive from Jesus, but walk in him. Walk like Jesus walked. Serve like Jesus served. Talk like Jesus talked. Walk in him. And right here, having been firmly, somebody say firmly, firmly rooted. That means them roots ain't coming up very easy. Them roots are firmly planted. It's firmly rooted. And not only being rooted in Jesus and in in Christianity and in a church, but now being built up in him. You see, the work's not over. Being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perform it until the day Jesus comes back. It ain't over. He's still building you up, being built up in him and established. Somebody say established. Being established in your faith. I don't know about you guys, but I want to be established in the faith. People know I'm a Christian. I talk like a Christian. I walk like a Christian. They can know when I walk in that they're going to get something from God. Being established in your faith, just as you were instructed. And right here, this is it. It says overflowing. Not just a little bit, not just minute, not just a small portion, not just one day of the week praising or or giving blessings or thanking. But it says your life should be overflowing. Overflowing. With gratitude. 
And this is the word of the Lord this morning. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I ask right now, Lord, that you allow me to preach from a state of humility, God. And I pray you prepare the hearts of the people in this house today, God, to receive this word, apply it, and walk in it, God. Lord, I'm praying this word, it doesn't bash people or tear people down, God, but I'm praying this word lifts people up. And I'm praying this word, Lord, gets so deeply rooted in the hearts of your children this morning, Lord, but they can't help but apply it and see how much it's going to bless their life, God. Lord, I pray for the grace that's in you, Lord, to just be upon their life to hear your word and walk in your word, God. And I pray for a spirit of gratefulness to be released in this house, Jesus. Lord, I pray all this in Jesus' name. And all the saints said... Come on, if you're grateful, give God some praise. Amen. So before I start this word, I really want to let you guys know this word, I'm not trying to bash anybody. I don't want to, I don't want to tear you down. I don't want you feeling this, leaving this place, feeling like it's a shot or, 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 you know what I'm saying? Oh, the preacher told us to be grateful. He thinks we're ungrateful people. Oh, he's trying to be mean. Yeah, it's all, all right. I don't want, listen, what I'm about to share with you, I'm telling if you grab a hold of this, you are going to see the blessings that will be manifested in your life because you got a little more grateful than you were before. I'm telling you, this word grateful can impact your life like a freight train. If you can just get a little grateful, if you can offer up just a little bit of praise, if you can just give a simple thank you to somebody, I'm telling you, this word is going to bless your life. It's going to bless your life. Gratefulness. Choosing to live grateful. Choosing to be grateful. And I like to share a story You know, our pilgrim forefathers back in 1621, you know, the little brand of Puritans, they set out on the Mayflower for Virginia only to get blown off of their course and finally come to a shore hundreds of miles north at Cape Cod. And for 13 long weeks, they bounced around on the rough Atlantic until at last they landed at Plymouth. And they had hardly established themselves as a community. And the cold Massachusetts winter was upon them. They faced winter, they faced hard conditions, they faced heartache, they faced deaths, they faced diseases. And it wasn't long until there was more crosses in the cemetery than there was citizens working at the stockade. By April, only 50 of the original 102 had survived who set out to come for America. Less than half had survived. And a real discussion arose to whether those remaining should quit and go back home to the old world. But something was stirred up inside of these great men, these forefathers of this country, and they decided to stay. And they stayed and they planted a crop, a few acres of corn and barley. And when it was time for the first anniversary of them landing, coming to America, the first anniversary, the first year, when it was that time, a lot of people said, we need to propose a national day of mourning. A national day of mourning. We need to mourn for the losses. We need to nationally mourn for the losses and everything bad that's happened to us. But they got together and they had such a good harvest and they started thinking about all the people that survived, not the ones that died, but the ones that survived. And they had such a good harvest and the Indians had become their friends. They said, you know what? We're going to focus on all the good things that's happening to us. We're going to focus on all the good things 
that's happening right here in this land. And not too much later than that, Thanksgiving was created. And now to this day, years and years later, we still have a day called Thanksgiving. Not Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. And so we got about a month before Thanksgiving, so I'm going to share this word and hope that you can begin to apply it and walk in it and practice it before the actual day of Thanksgiving. But these men, they had all this negativity they could focus on. They had all this bad stuff they could focus on. They had all this stuff that was wrong. But they chose not to focus on that, not to mourn, but instead they focused on all the good and said, we need to nationally celebrate this day as Thanksgiving. And now you ask yourself, have you been in those kind of hard conditions as those men were? And how would your life change if you approached your life in this way? Amen. Amen. It's called thanksgiving. It's called gratefulness. And I think it's very awesome to the pastor when he come up here to open, he actually used a psalm and it said, you what? Enter in his gates with thanksgiving or gratefulness. It actually says you're going to be stuck at the front door knocking if you don't get a little bit of grateful. If you don't have a little bit of praise, if you don't have a little bit of thanksgiving in your life, you're going to be stuck at the gate, at the front door knocking, telling Jesus to let you in. And Jesus is saying, enter my gates with gratefulness. And what you have to understand is gratefulness is a critical part of our faith as a Christian. Gratefulness is the ability to find good in God no matter where you're at or no matter what you have. That's what gratefulness is. No matter what I see, no matter what comes my way, no matter where I'm at, I'm going to find a way to find something good and praise God about it. I'm going to find a way to be grateful, choosing to live grateful. And the enemy wants to attack your gratefulness because if he can attack your gratefulness, he can keep you from accomplishing what God wants you to accomplish. And not only that, you're a bad testimony of what it is to be a Christian. How are you going to say you're a Holy Ghost-filled Christian and all you ever do is complain and criticize and mumble and murmur and you ain't never got nothing good coming out of your mouth? What kind of witness is that? If that's Christianity, I don't want to be a Christian. But if you're really getting filled with the Holy Spirit and you're coming to church and God is impacting you in an awesome way, you can't help but a little bit of praise come out of your mouth. You can't help but just be a little bit grateful. I'm telling you, when you really encounter God and the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, you you can't help but being grateful. You know, I was telling the guys the other day, if you're trying to approach this thing called Christianity and you're not trying to encounter the anointing of God, you are missing out on the, the best part of being a Christian. If you're not experiencing the anointing of God and the presence of God, what are you doing with your Christian life? You are missing out the best part of being a Christian. And then God showed me, if you only come to church and you, know, you only come to prayer for the home or, or stuff like that, if you only come because you're told to by your pastor, your leader, your wife, your husband, or your mother, your family, guess what? That's not Christianity, that's bondage. That's bondage. That's bondage. You got somebody else telling your flesh what to do because your spirit isn't saying come to church and find a way to get into the presence of God. That's bondage. And the reason I'm telling you this isn't to bash you or is it to bash me when I get like this, right? 
But I'm telling you, if you can just find a way to repent and get in the presence of the Lord, if you can find a way to let the anointing impact your life, you are going to have joy that's not from this world, that's real. You're going to have real joy. You're going to have real peace. And out of that flows gratefulness. Gratefulness is a choice. Gratefulness is a choice. Listen, you don't have to feel grateful to be grateful. You don't have to feel grateful to be grateful. You know, sometimes I get blessed in my life with different things. You know, this happens or I get to go do this or, you know, you have a nice meal cooked for you. And, you know, I always, always find a way to say thank you. Always find a way to say thank you or, hey, I appreciate that or, hey, thanks for this. Because God has showed me, even if I may not feel grateful, I still have to act grateful. And some of us, we got it so twisted, we say, well, I'm not faking it. I'm not coming in the church and clapping my hands if I don't feel like it. I'm not raising my hands in worship if I don't feel like it. I'm not faking it. And instead of faking it till they make it, they embrace depression. That's crazy. Instead of just, just stirring up the gift, instead of praising until it happens, worshiping until you feel it, they go and embrace depression. They embrace a religion void of joy and void of anointing and void of peace. It's a burden. That's not Christianity. That's a burden. Look, I can't do this thing without the Holy Ghost. I can't do this thing without the Holy Ghost. If we're having church without the Holy Ghost, you ain't going to see me coming back again. I mean, the Holy Ghost has got to be present in my life. You know what I'm saying? Has to. And if you're trying to do ministry without the Holy Ghost, you're going to get burnt out. You're going to want to give up and go home. You're going to want to give up and go home. Ministry without the Holy Spirit will kill you. Ministry without the Holy Spirit will kill you. It'll kill you. It'll burn you out. You won't, you won't hear the name of Jesus. I mean, don't say that, man. Shut up. I ain't trying to hear all that. You don't want to hear nothing about Jesus. You don't want to hear nothing about prayer time. You don't want to hear about nothing about helping somebody else. You ain't trying to hear it. Because you've practiced Christianity without the anointing for so long. And it's burned you out. It's burned you out. But today it stops here. Today it stops here. Today, I'm going to be grateful even if I don't feel like being grateful. Today, I'm going to say thank you, God, even though I don't have, see, can't see nothing to thank him for. Today, I'm going to give a praise even though I don't feel like giving a praise. I'm going to lift my hands in worship even though I don't want to worship. You see, today, you can stop here. You can choose to live a life that's grateful today. Somebody say today. 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 You ain't got to feel grateful to be grateful. And let me, let, me, let me share something for you for you people that are secular. Right here, I got a list. And this list is seven scientific benefits of gratefulness from Forbes. This is from a secular article right here, a worldly article. So if you don't like Jesus, I got something for you too. Starting at number one, it improves relationships. Gratefulness improves relationships. Hello. You might just want to say thank you for the meal she made. Amen. Amen. Improves relationships. Number two, gratefulness improves physical health. Amen. Gratefulness, being grateful, just being appreciative, it actually improves your physical health. And not only that, it improves psychological health. 
Gratefulness, it improves empathy and reduces aggression. That's why you're so mean, you ain't grateful. You ain't got nothing good to say. You're like that one smart grumpy or whatever. Number five, it improves sleep. If you want some good sleep, get grateful. Get grateful. It improves sleep. And this, is, this has all been testing and research and all that stuff, man. This is foolproof. You don't think this is foolproof? Well, I got some secular information for you you can rely on today. Amen? For you people that don't like the word of God. Number six, it improves self-esteem. You get grateful, you're going to begin to enjoy your own life more. You're going to like who you are if you get grateful. You're going to be grateful for who you are. You get a little bit grateful. And number seven, and it improves mental strength or willpower. It improves mental strength or willpower. You get grateful. And this is from Forbes. This is from a secular article. This is gratefulness. Why do you think the word of God tells us over and over to rejoice always, to have joy, to rejoice, to have joy, do everything without murmuring and complaining, to rejoice, have joy, don't complain, don't murmur, because God, before the world was created, he already knew all this stuff Forbes just found out. He already knew all this stuff. That's why he gave us the good word of God so we'll begin to walk in it and apply it and get a little bit grateful, because ultimately, God wants us to have joy. Do you believe that? God wants us to have joy. Yeah, your God, your Lord, Jesus, he wants you to be happy. He wants you to have joy, but he wants you to learn how to have joy no matter the circumstance or situation that you may have found yourself in. You see, he wants you to learn to tap in to this thing called the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, the presence of the Lord, because this joy doesn't, doesn't come from your situation or your circumstance. It comes from another world, another dimension. Amen? Check this out. Grateful people or happy people don't have the most. Grateful people and happy people don't have everything everybody else does. But guess what? Happy and grateful people have learned to make the most out of what they have. Grateful and happy people will make the most out of what they have. Amen? John Henry Jewett, a British preacher, he said this. He said, gratitude, gratefulness, gratitude, it's a vaccine, it's an anti-venom, and it's an antiseptic, spiritually, all in one. Gratefulness, gratefulness just may be the very thing that's holding you back from spiritual growth today. Gratefulness. That might be it. I might just hit it on the head this morning for you. Boom. Gratefulness. This could be the key that unlocks the door to you enjoying Christianity again. To you enjoying church again. To you enjoying ministry again. This, just, this right here, this might be it. Amen? It's a vaccine because it can, it can prevent a grumbling and discouraged spirit. Gratefulness can prevent a grumbling and discouraged spirit. It's an anti-venom because it can prevent the poisonous effects of cynicism, criticism, criticalness, grumbling, and complaining. It can prevent the poisonous effects because all those things have poisonous effects on your life. And it's also an antiseptic. Gratefulness or gratitude can actually soothe and heal a troubled spirit. It can soothe and heal a troubled spirit. Gratefulness can. Gratitude. Amen? We're talking gratefulness. And the reason my title is Choose to Live Grateful is because it's a choice. It's a choice. 
And number one, my first point, gratefulness is a decision. Come on, write it down. Write it down, believe in it, walk with it, get grateful. Amen. Gratefulness is a decision. Gratefulness is a decision. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Amen. There's a story of this man, and he was getting on a, getting on a plane, and he was taking a flight trip, and he was going from Miami, from Dallas, Texas, to Miami, Florida, right? Going to get some good weather. Yeah, you wish he was on that trip, huh? He's on that plane, and uh, it started to become night, right? And uh, kind of a storm was kind of coming in, and it was nighttime, and it was just, just on the, the edge of turning, you know, day from night. And he was on the plane, and he looked out the right window, and the right window was nothing but dark, and it was nasty. A storm started coming. You rain, right? And then he looked out the other side of the window, the left window, and it was sunny. And, and it, was, it was nice and it was bright looking, right? But on this trip, this plane trip, no matter which window he's staring out of, he's still going to get to where he's going. Just his experience is dictated by which window he's staring out of. Listen, just because you're here and you're committed that's not enough to live a joyful life. You know what dictates if you have joy while doing ministry? You have joy while serving in the church? You have joy while your time in the home? You have joy in Christianity? It's dictated by which window you're staring out of. It's dictated by which window you're staring out of. You see, I can be over here in ministry and see everything negative and see everything bad and everything horrible and I can just focus on that. It will rob me of my joy. It'll rob me of my joy. And then if we see somebody that has joy, we get angry. Because uh, they're on the other side of the plane looking out the other window. Uh, switch me seats, right? You ain't got to switch seats. You just got to change which window you're looking out of. Uh, you ain't got to switch seats. Just change your perspective. Change which window you're looking out of. Amen? The Bible says this, and this is Paul to the church of Thessalonica. He says, in everything, somebody say everything. everything. In everything, be grateful. Amen. What? In everything? In everything? And listen, God's not going to tell us to do something unless he's going to equip us with what we need to do it. He's not going to have us tell us, give us a command to do something without giving what we need to do it. And so right here, the word, the word of God for us this morning, he's telling us in everything, be grateful. In everything, give thanks. When you have a bad day, be grateful. When you don't get uh, something you wanted, be grateful. When you get told no, when you wanted a yes, be grateful. When it doesn't go the way you wanted it to go, be grateful. When somebody has a little more than you and you want it, be grateful. In everything, give thanks. Be grateful. Do you know what it is? For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And go to the next verse. And check this out. Go to the next verse. The next verse. Don't quench the spirit. You know what Paul, you know what Paul said? He's sneaking a message in there. I'm going to sneak it in, right? Be grateful. Give thanks. Because if you don't, you're going to quench the spirit. You're going to quench the spirit of God. You remember the Israelites when they got delivered? They crossed the Jordan. They got delivered from Egypt. And they went out in the wilderness and they was living and God was providing and they weren't in a slave no more. They weren't in Egypt, right? They weren't in there. It's a depiction of us being in sin. They weren't there no more. But they got out in the wilderness and they started murmuring and they started complaining. 
and that murmuring and that complaining, it was such a disrespect to God. It says the earth started swallowing them up. The earth started swallowing them up. And stuff, they, started, they started dying off because of ungratefulness, because of murmuring, because of complaining. Amen? And gratefulness, it's a decision. And I know for a fact out of my life, gratefulness ain't normal. Gratefulness ain't natural. It's not. Gratefulness is not natural. You know how you know that? When you got maybe a little kid, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, and you're doing stuff for the kid, right? And he always wants more, and you don't ever say thank you, and he always wants more, and you don't ever say thank you. Give me some more of those. Give me some more of that. He's like, man, you don't quit with that attitude. You ain't getting nothing. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's not natural. Gratefulness isn't natural, right? And my mama growing up, she imparted in me to be grateful for what you get and what you have. She taught me that growing up when she raised me. If I didn't say thank you after a meal, she might not cook a next meal for me. I may be making a bologna sandwich next meal, right? She taught me to be grateful. She taught me to say thank you. She taught me that. She taught me that. And so check this out. In the same way, Christians who don't grow up in Christianity and get taught to be thankful or get taught to be grateful, they turn, in, they turn into little brat children. Amen. They inherit a mindset of entitlement. I deserve it. Give it to me. They inherit a mindset of selfishness. I don't care about it. I want it. A mindset of greediness. If a Christian grows up in Christianity and doesn't learn to be grateful, and you know what you're doing it towards? You're not doing it towards the church or the pastor. You're doing it towards God. Your ungratefulness is really directed towards God. That's who it's, that's who it's directed for. It's toward, toward God, right? You want to know how you know uh, gratefulness ain't normal? I bet right now, if I asked you to ca- count the complaints you hear today, they come out of the people's mouth around you, in your mouth, count the complaints that you hear today and count the grateful comments you hear today. Count the stuff that comes from an attitude of gratitude you hear today and compare it. Which one do you think is going to be greater today? You hardly hear anybody be grateful anymore. You know what I'm saying? You hardly, I mean, you, it's hard to get somebody to tell you thank you these days for doing something, going out of the way, doing something for them. Thank you. Just being grateful. Because complaining is natural. It's a natural attitude that comes out of us. And we have to give it over to the Holy Spirit and let him change it. Just like faith requires works, gratitude requires action. Gratitude requires action. If we don't constantly pay attention to whether we're being grateful or not, we're going to start to complain. We're going to start to complain. We're going to start to murmur. Amen? Grateful people are focused on what others need, not what they want. Grateful people are focused on what others need, not what they want. And when God gives a gift, do you know the only way it can give you joy is if it's combined with gratefulness? You could be getting blessed, blessed your socks off, so much blessings, but if you're not grateful, they're not, you're never going to have joy. Listen, you could be somewhere in your life where a lot of people look at and want to be. But without gratefulness, you can't enjoy where you're at right now. 
you can't enjoy where you're at right now because there's no gratefulness. You could have things in your life right now. You could have relationships in your life right now. You could have all this stuff in your life right now that people, other people desire and they want and you used to desire and used to want, but it doesn't, you don't find no joy because there's no gratefulness. Gratefulness brings joy into your life. It brings joy. Amen? But it's a decision. It's something you have to choose to do. You have to choose to be grateful. You have to choose to be grateful. You have to choose to say thank you. And number two, gratefulness destroys complaining. Gratefulness destroys complaining. Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 14. Philippians 2 and 14. Gratefulness destroys complaining. Gratitude allows us to see the Lord's purpose in everything in our life. Gratitude allows us to see the Lord's purpose in everything in our life. You know, there was a point where Paul... And this is how you know gratefulness doesn't stem off where you're at or what you have. Gratefulness is a decision. It's an attitude that you choose to have. The Apostle Paul was chained up in prison. And when he was chained up in prison, he wrote a scripture. Pastor shared it a week or two ago when he was preaching. And he said, listen, I'm chained up in prison and there are people persecuting me and coming, coming at me sideways and talking about me. And do you know what he said? He said, you know what? I choose to be grateful for this Because whether or not the the right intentions the gospel is being preached or bad intentions, the gospel is being preached. And so he said, I found gratefulness in this. I'm going to be grateful because the Lord's purpose is being accomplished. He found gratefulness. And the word says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. That's the word of God. Say Say it again. Come on, let's read it together. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Man, that's the word. That's the the word of God. What things do we do without grumbling? Do all things without grumbling or disputing. You know the only way you can accomplish that? The only way you can accomplish that is having a thriving relationship with Jesus. You're not going to be able to do that without a thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't. You can't. In your own strength... You can't do all things without grumbling. I promise you. You can't do everything without grumbling. You can't be grateful about everything. But if you have a thriving relationship with Jesus, you can. If your relationship with Jesus is thriving and it's good and you're spending time in the presence and you hear God speaking to you and you see manifestations of his glory coming into your life, you can do all things without grumbling by the power of God. By the power of God. Gratefulness destroys complaining. Check this out. I used to think people complain because they have a lot of problems. What I've come to realize is people have a lot of problems because they complain. Huh? Let me say it again for you. I used to think people complain because they have a lot of problems. And then I start praying and really looking at like somebody that's really complaining and I'm like, man. He's blessed. What is he talking? He is blessed. And so I've come to realize people have a lot of problems because they complain. Huh? And check this out. Complaining, brothers, 
Complaining will never fix your problem. Complaining will never fix your problem. It'll never even make your attitude better about it. But do you want to know what complaining does do? Complaining does take your focus off Jesus and the things of God and puts it on your problems. It, it takes your focus from God and Jesus and the things of God and it has you focus on everything around you. And now you're focused on everything around you so you can't seek his kingdom and his righteousness because you're focused on everything around you. And you're complaining. And check this out, Psalm 77.3, put this up. I read this in the scripture when I was studying and it blew me away. This is what the psalmist said. He said, I remember God and what he used to do for me and what he did and he said it was trouble. But right here, B, the part B. He, the psalmist says, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. You want to know why I'm overwhelmed right now with everything going on? Because I'm complaining. It's not everything going on. It's because you're complaining about it. And the psalmist said, when I started complaining about my situation, I was overwhelmed. And I couldn't take it no more. I couldn't do it no more. My complaining overwhelmed me. And doesn't the Bible say that there's power in the tongue of life and death and those will eat the fruit thereof that use it? And so if you're complaining and you're talking negative, guess what? You're going to have to eat that fruit. You're going to have to eat that fruit. You're going to have to eat those complaints. You're going to have to eat that negativity. It's going to create the reality you experience. Mmm. Mm. The voices you listen to create the reality you experience. You could have two people in the same exact place in their life with the same gifts, same position, having to do the same thing every day, and one could have a horrible, negative attitude and hate his life, and the other one could be thriving and loving life. Because one's not focused on everything going on around them. Focused on God and Jesus, man. And it's a choice. Saints, this is what I'm trying to tell you. It's not something that has to be developed in the process or something you have to fast for three weeks and pray every night for five hours. It is not like that. It is just a simple choice to be grateful. That's it. You know what? He's right. Preacher's right. I'm going to stop complaining today. And I'm just going to be grateful about some of the stuff I have. And watch your attitude and the reality you experience change. Watch it change. Watch it change, Brother Rigo. Watch it change. The psalmist said, complaining overwhelmed my spirit. And like I said before, you have to understand, complaining is not towards your circumstance or situation. Because there's one up here that controls your situation and circumstance. And you're not complaining at what you see. You're complaining at what you don't see. That's what you're doing. You're telling God that he don't know what he's doing. You're telling God that you could do a better job than he could be in God. You're telling God that, that why does he have you in this situation doing this? You don't know what you're doing, God. Complaining is directed towards God. That's what complaining is. It's directed towards God. Amen? You write this down. Complaining, complaining will make me miserable. Write it down. Complaining will make me miserable. I will hate living 
if I complain. Complaining will ha- may have you miserable. It'll have you miserable. Complaining will make you miserable. Amen? Man, sometimes all it takes is a simple thank you. You know what I'm saying? All it takes is a simple thank you to start being grateful. Just a simple thank you. Amen, thanks for doing that for me. Right? And just, you know, we, we have these habits, these fleshly habits, murmuring and complaining and perversion and gossip and lust and slander. Let's create some good godly habits. Let's start saying thank you to people. Huh? Let's start, let's start being appreciative of what we have. Right? Let's start remembering all God has done for us. Let's start telling people how good Jesus has been to us. I'm saying these are habits that have to be created. And it's just not just a one-day thing. You gotta practice being grateful. You gotta practice it. You gotta do it. Right? Practice makes perfect. If you want to be a truly grateful person, start being grateful. Start saying thank you. Start appreciating things. Start telling people instead of complaining of all this, this, and that, start telling them of some good stuff that God's done for you already. You get around some people and all they want to do is complain, man. And it like robs you of your joy, dude. You're like on fire about the things of God and you're like, woo, yeah. And you get around some people for just like 20 minutes and you're like, why am I here? You know what I'm saying? My, who's Jesus? What is, what? My God. You know what I'm saying? So gratefulness will not only impact your own life, it'll impact everybody around you. Gratefulness will impact everybody around you. People, people flock to grateful people. They want to be, because don't you want to be happy? Don't you want to have joy? We all want to have joy. We all want to be happy. And gratefulness, that, that's one of the fruits of gratefulness is joy and happiness. I want to be around happy people. I want to be around grateful people. I want to be around people that are so appreciative of what God's already done for them. Because that's the fruit. We'll be joyful. We'll be happy, man. The joy of the Lord will be in us. Because we'll be grateful. We're remembering what God's done for us. The psalmist said, I complained and I was overwhelmed. It was too much for me in this body to handle. The complainings was brought it on. Amen? So number one, gratefulness is a decision. Number two, gratefulness destroys complaining. Number three, number three, Gratefulness actually keeps you pursuing Jesus. I'll show you. Gratefulness actually keeps you in the pursuit of Jesus Christ. Gratefulness. Being thankful. It actually keeps you pursuing Jesus. Go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Luke 17, start at verse 11. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And he entered a village, and there was ten leprous men who stood at a distance and met him. And so the first thing we see in the story is there's ten men that have leprosy. Ten men that have a problem. Ten ten men that have a need from Jesus. Ten men that have a need from God. And it says they were at a distance. You know what this says? 
It didn't just, they didn't just walk into church. They had to do some stuff to get to Jesus. They had to do some stuff to get to Jesus. And then the Bible says, these lepers, these people, it says they raised their voices. You see what I'm saying? They raised their voices. They got out of their little character and were, and were loud. They said, Jesus. They cried out. They said, Jesus, God, have mercy on us. They were crying out for Jesus. So these men, they're coming, they have a need, and they're coming to Jesus, and they're crying out for Jesus' help. They're crying out. Anyone ever been in that position in their life? Well, you come to Jesus, and you're, you're so broken, and you have such a great need. You need Jesus in your life. You cry out. We all come to a point in our life where we did cry out to Jesus. At one point in our life, every single one of us cried out. We cried out. We cried out to Jesus. It says they raised their voices. They were loud and they were crying out for Jesus. Right? It said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And they were going and they were cleansed. And now one of them, when he saw he had been healed, when he saw he was delivered, when he saw that the leprosy was gone, the Bible says he turned back and with that same voice that he was crying out for help, that same voice, he started glorifying God. It says he glorified God with a loud voice. Sometimes it's okay to praise God loudly. If you come from where I come from and you used to be who I used to be, I'm gonna get a little loud when I praise God. I'm gonna get a little uh, rambunctious when I clap my hands. I'm gonna lift my hands to the sky like I'm coming out of my shirt. Amen. You'll get a little crazy and radical when you was really healed. It says he turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. Keep going. And it says he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. You know what your word's telling you right here? The worship team, you can come up. You know, you know what the word's telling you? This man was grateful. And see, this is what you have to understand. A need, write this down, a need will take you to Jesus a need will take you to Jesus. Gratefulness will take you after Jesus. A need will take you to Jesus. Gratefulness will take you after Jesus. We can go in even further than that. A need would lead you to a church. A need will lead you to a church. Gratefulness will have you serving in the church. A need will bring you to the home. Gratefulness will have you answering the call of God on your life no matter what the cost is. A need will take you to Jesus, but gratefulness is what has to happen in order for you to come after Jesus. Because a lot of us get what we want from God and then we're not raising our voices no more. We refuse to cry out. I already got what I want from God. I'm good. Why well, I got to raise my hands? 
because it's a, it's a sign of surrender and worship to saying that you love a holy God and he's real and you got a relationship and you're beginning to worship. It's just love responding to love. Are you grateful this morning? This, I'm telling you, gratefulness may be the very thing that's robbing you of your joy in Christianity. It might be the very thing. That might be it. Everything else, you're on point. Man, you're solid. You're consistent. Faithful. You know what I'm saying? But for somewhere, somehow, some reason, the enemy stepped in and stole your focus. He stole your focus. He come in and stole your focus. And he's got you looking at everything else. And you're complaining. Now, now, now the enemy's dictating what comes out of your mouth. And he's robbing you of your joy. You see, the enemy comes, right, with a motive. He don't come show you everything that's bad and get you to complain just because that's all he wants to do. That's not where he stops. You see, he wants you to focus on everything you don't have and everything negative because he wants to rob you of your joy. He wants to rob you of your joy. And I'm going to let everybody know right now, you cannot stay in Christianity void of joy. You can't do it. Christianity, it'll be a form of godliness, but you won't have the power thereof in it. It'll be a burden. It'll be bondage. Listen, Jesus died on Calvary so I could have some joy here in this life. Jesus died for me so I can have a happy and joyful life. Hallelujah. Jesus died for me so I can still serve and sacrifice for ministry but have joy doing it. Hallelujah. That's why he died for me. So I can still have joy while laying my life down. Oh, you thought it was just all negative. We're always here. Well, you, you can't live life if you try to hang on to your life. Where's the living? Where's the life? It's hidden right in the sacrifice. Right in the dying to self, you'll pick up a new life and you'll have joy in laying yours down. Stand your feet. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, and I'm closing. Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting in verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. Listen, I'm at a point right now in my life where I am so grateful for where God has taken me, for where I'm at. I'm so blessed, it don't even make no sense. And I'm just so thankful and grateful for what God's done in and through my life and even for the people around me. And then God told me through this scripture, He said, if you want to stay right there in the blessings, Zechariah, you want to remain right there in the high cotton, hallelujah. Amen. You want to stay right there in the blessing? And I know it's good right now. If you want to stay right there in it, check this out. This is what Moses told the people. They had just come to the promised land. He says, for the Lord your God is bringing you to a good land. Listen, brothers and sisters, God's bringing you to a good land. He's bringing you to a good land. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs flowing forth in valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. Woo! So many blessings, it don't even make sense. A land where you will eat food without scarcity. You will never, you will never go in need. 
You will never go in need in this land. You will never go in need. You will not lack anything. Somebody say anything. You will not lack anything. Hallelujah. A land whose stones are iron and out of the hills, you can even dig copper. When you have eaten and you're satisfied, when you get to this realm of blessing and this realm of promise and you're satisfied and you're good and you're grateful, it says then you need to give thanks and you need to bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Right here, right here, this is our warning, saints. This is our warning. Beware that you don't forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes which I am commanding to you today. Otherwise, when you get to the blessing, when you get to the promise, when you get to the good land and you've built houses and you're living life and when your herds and your flocks multiply, you see an increase. You see the harvest. You see the reaping. Everything that you had a vision for, it's coming to pass. It's coming. It's there. And all you have, everything you have multiplies. Your heart, if you don't don't remember God and stay grateful, it says your heart become proud and you will forget God. Your heart become proud and you will forget God who took you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. A lot of you should have already been dead. A lot of you should be in prison. A lot of you shouldn't even be here. But God made a way to get you to this good land. And the Bible says, don't let your heart become proud this morning. Remain grateful. Remain grateful. Remain grateful. Choose to live a life of gratefulness lest you forget God and he's got to take you back from where he saved you from. So this morning I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray that we bring application to the word that was preached and we all begin to choose to be grateful. Allow us to live a grateful life. Instead of complaining today, we're going to say something good about where we're at. Instead of complaining today, we're going to tell somebody else we're thankful for what they did. Instead of complaining today, we're going to show a little bit of appreciation for where God has taken us from. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray that your anointing is upon these people this morning, God. Lord, give us the grace we need to live a grateful life. And we thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done for us, God. And I pray the few people, Lord, that may, that may be lacking in this area of gratefulness, God, Lord, I pray that you just grace their life and empower them to be grateful this morning, Jesus. Allow us to live a life, Lord, not forgetting you or becoming proud, but always keeping you on the forefront of our mind, remembering where we come from, remembering what you've done, remembering who you are and who we are. And we're going to continue to thank you, God, here at Victory Life. We pray all this in Jesus' name.